Peace be with you. Please be seated. Before I uh, share with you some thoughts about the diocese and today's gospel, I would like to thank you all for your prayers and intercession uh, for me, for my family, in those uh, difficult uh, days that we had uh, recently, and definitely for the constant prayers for my, my dad's uh, health. Uh, we were four brothers, now we are only two, and one of those two is this one here, and the other one is my bro little brother, Tony, which is visiting us for the first time. Please stand, that people can greet you. <laughs> he doesn't speak English. <laughs> yep. He's been a great, great, great help uh, for, for me and, and my mom, specifically, and I thank him immensely. Well, a little bit about the diocese. Uh, any, any year that I come here, I try to bring you good, good, good news about the diocese. And our diocese, uh, with the grace of God and the blessing of God, still growing. We are already in 14 states. We are approaching the 50 congregations. We open a new mission in Toluca, Mexico. If you guys would like to go to Mexico sometime, go to Toluca. Visit Father Monroy and eat good Mexican food down there. And also, the latest addition, uh, the latest addition is a mission that is already established and open, with the intention of, of building a a center where the clergy and the people of God from around the diocese can go and rest for a while in Hawaii. If you if you guys would like to go to Hawaii. We'll be more than happy to provide the address and go visit Father Lally and the beautiful things he's doing, doing uh, down there. One of the most beautiful things that are happening in, in the diocese also, and I'm not going to talk about the diocese because I will be here all day long and you guys will be leaving one at a time and I will stay here alone talking. But briefly, uh, one of the most beautiful things that are happening in the diocese is because of you guys. We have in our congregation, in, I mean in our diocese, people from this congregation serving as youth, diocese and youth coordinator, Father Andrew here. We have Father Michael Strachan as the chairman of the Commission of Ministry. We have also Anne McCarthy as the bishop's executive administrator of the diocese. And she's doing, let me tell you, a fabulous uh, work and I need to publicly recognize the quiet, humble, precise, right to the point, and beautiful work that Father Martin is doing any time for the, for the past two years. He's been taking care of putting the whole chapel and the designs of the chapel uh, in, in place. And if Deacon Mary thinks that I'm forgetting here, no, I'm not, because I do have a an invitation for the committee in the near future to help us put in the women of the diocese uh, together uh, for retreats and all kind of uh, uh, different things. And I had talked to Rich Baker about it, and he said, you just tell Mary. And this is what I'm doing, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we are blessed having all of you as members of our diocese. And uh, we are grateful. We are grateful for it, and we praise the Lord for, for your support and your constant help and your faithfulness 
to God in Christ through the direction of the Holy Spirit. The second reading uh, today is kind of a warning for us Christians. We don't need to be alarmed. If anybody announced something, we don't need to be alarmed. If somebody says anything about the end of times, we don't need to be alarmed. And, and this society in which we are is a society that are constantly looking for signs. I want a sign. If this is coming from God, I need a sign. You know, everybody now is all about signs. But you know what? As Christians, we are not looking for any signs. We are looking for the sound. And you know what's the sound? The trumpet. Anyone can tell you and me anything about the second coming of the Lord. But if it's not accompanied by the sound of the trumpet, pay no attention. Nobody can do that but the angel of God. Uh, meaning that let them say whatever they want. Some people are using uh, these warnings in order to scare people. And as Christians, we don't need to be scared if the Lord decided to come tomorrow. Because we are the people of the Advent. We are in a constant waiting, waiting for the Lord to come. And that day is going to be a glorious day for those who are prepared and ready to go home. And will be a sad and a difficult moment for those who were not. Meaning that don't be scared, be happy, and, and uh, enjoy this earthly life as much as you can, knowing that this earthly life is given to you and me by God himself. And we do have a big responsibility in enjoying it properly, taking proper care of this earth, and be ready for that day, because that day will come. And it's not for you to choose, not for me. Nobody knows but him. And he will let us know when that happened. But tune your ears. No more signs. Just get ready for the sound. In the gospel, we encounter this morning a group of people called Sadducees. These people were in... Uh, 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 they were a group of conservative leaders that honor only the Pentateuch, the first five uh, books, Genesis through Deuteronomy. And they only believed that those books were the word of God. And because they did not found anything related to the resurrection of the dead in those books, they refused to believe in the resurrection. They said, we don't want to believe in the resurrection. I mean, poor guys, uh, the Son of God, the Word made flesh, was among them, telling them everything they needed to hear and to listen. The Word of God himself was there, and they refused because they were not in paper. Jesus Christ needed no paper to tell these people you're wrong, my brothers. There is a resurrection. And they tried to trick Jesus Christ and ask him the question. What was the question? If, if you remember uh, or heard today's gospel, what was the question? Or maybe not a question. They, 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 well, yeah, it was a question. Uh, they were talking about a woman that were married how many times? Seven. 
I remember in my hometown, when I was a little boy, there was a woman by the name Eulogia, uh, uh, beautiful woman, excellent Christian, and people were so concerned about her because when her husband died, she married her husband's little brother. I mean, and everybody was, oh, my God, what a great scene and stuff like that. And some people, regardless, I mean, we're talking about Sadducees, how many far away from us, how long, I mean, I mean, pretty, pretty far away from us. And I heard people saying, what's going to happen in heaven when this other one die? Or what's going to happen with her? Who will receive her up there? Well, sadly to say, none of them as husbands will receive her. And Jesus Christ tried to not get trapped in the question of the seven men that this woman had. And he took a detour. I mean, I just love Jesus Christ. Don't you? I mean, I just love Jesus Christ. People go, what about this? I say, well, in order to answer that question, you have to go this way first. <laughs> have you ever encountered that? That in order to, I mean, this, this, that's why Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's why he's so unique. Because when we're expecting Christ this way, he's sending us this way. When we're expecting him then this way, he's sending us that way. And when we go that way, he's sending us that way in order to come to this way. I mean, it's amazing, but he's the son of God. He can do it. And uh, we just need to listen. We just need to follow. And Jesus Christ took a detour, and Jesus answered their question about marriage. In other words, I don't know if they were satisfied with the answer, but the fact is that we are in no position to assert that relationships we experience in this earthly life will remain unchanged in the life to come. I remember I was invited to a wedding. Hardly people invite me to celebrate their wedding. I don't know why, but anyway. <laughs> and when we were putting together the liturgy, that young, beautiful girl said, uh, Bishop, we don't want to use the traditional vows. We want to we put together our own vows. And I'm not going to tell him what I'm going to write, and he's not going to tell me what he's going to write till that precise moment of the liturgy. And I don't know if father or father or deacon, but we hate surprises in the liturgy. <laughs> I mean, we are open to the surprises, don't get us wrong, because they come from time to time. But we don't like surprises in the liturgy. I said, you know what? If you're not going to read it to him, and he's not going to read it to you, you both have to read it to me. Because I need to know. I mean, I don't want to be listening to some stuff that could create controversy. And they refused to do that. I said, well, I refuse to marry you then. <laughs> If you don't do it, I'm not going to do it because, I mean, I can't do it, period. It's like you going to Walmart to buy the groceries that you normally buy there, and then you go to the cashier. There's no price on anything. You just go to, to, to pay, and you got this 
big surprise about, well, $1,000 in three bags. You will leave the bags there and roll and go home. <laughs> but anyway, one of the promises at the end, they decided that they would share with me some, I said, not some, everyone, was in tune with today's gospel. One of the promises uh, uh, in, in, in the church, marriage liturgy, says, till death do us, don't you remember your own one? <laughs> till death do us part. And this beautiful girl wanted to, this guy to say, through all eternity, I'm glad that somebody said, whoa, because that's exactly what I said. Whoa, we don't have that authority, girl. Can't do it. You know why we can't do it? Because this life is one thing, and the other one is not a continuation of this one. Things up there are different. Do you may take this on the right track, maybe, but don't take it on the, on, the, on, the, on the wrong track. The wrong track will say, what do you mean, Bishop, that we're not going to have fun up there? We will, but not the same way we had it here. Meaning that when we go there, if you were married with somebody, you're not going to need to be married up there. Because Jesus Christ said today, we will be like angels oh lack of love then no the fullness of love we will be there we will greet each other we will hug each other we will kiss each other if needed be we will have fun with each other but our own whole life will be transformed in the fullness of the life of christ and we will just contemplating god the father and let me tell you, if you go to heaven and you are uh, in that position of contemplating God the Father, you will have no time to do anything else because you will be absorbed by his glory. God is life. He gave us his life. And when we go to heaven, we merge with God again as a whole, as a complete entity. And when you see your loved ones knocking on the door and Peter opening the door, you will rejoice that they are there. And you will say, come and enjoy with me. That's beautiful. And uh, that's why I told this girl, can't do it for all eternity because I don't control eternity. What if, what if in the process, and this is just a funny joke. You don't have to laugh if you don't want. <laughs> what if in the process down here, this particular couple will remain united but hating each other down here? And if this life and that one will be the same, they will be hating each other up there. It happens. It happens. Definitely it does. I was preaching about perfection once in a sermon in one of our congregations, which I'm not going to tell you what congregation is. And uh, you know that the gospel that said, be perfect like our heavenly father is perfect. And I was trying to explain in, in words that I can't even understand what perfection means, you know, in, 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 uh, through the mouth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I asked this question, if anybody here feels 
that he or she is perfect? Nobody stood up, but one 93-year-old man sitting in the back. I said, Bishop, can I say something? I said, yeah. Can I ask a question before? He said, yeah. Are you perfect? I said, no, I am not. I am here standing on behalf of my wife's first husband. <laughs> he was the perfect one. <laughs> Why? Because any time anytime that he did something wrong, he, his wife used to say, oh, my husband ever do things like that before. You know? And that's, that's, I mean, you don't have to laugh, but that's what, he, that's what he shared with us. Anyway, going back to more serious businesses. Death is the disconnection of a human relationship, relationship blessed by God and the beginning of a relationship blessed by God in eternity. Things are going to be different because we will be transformed, we will be changed. And there is nothing to fear about being impersonal. We will be personal. We will love each other. We will be connecting with each other the way things are connected in heaven. And Jesus Christ took this detour. I don't even know if these Sadducees ever comprehend what Jesus Christ said, because sometimes it could be difficult for us hearing that we are alive in God and we have to go through the pains of death. But death is that door that will reconnect us with God. We will have no possessions there. We will have no ownership. We will not have any unselfish love of there because God is not of the above. God is perfect. God is love. God is good. And one of the things that we need to work around our lives is that we are around God, and God is around us. And that in God there's always perfect harmony. There is always a sense of being united with the best thing that can happen to us. We're going to touch a little bit about uh, the old souls uh, liturgy that we had. And you know that I went through uh, a few weeks ago through the death of my younger brother, and uh, I needed to face my mother with all this, which I did. And uh, uh, thank you to the, the prayers of everyone that seen it, that were there and intercede. And my mother, when we went to Philadelphia to take care of, of, of my body, uh, my, my, my body, yes, he was my body, my, my brother's uh, remains, he asked me this question, what is in heaven for him? I said, wow, I wasn't expecting that <laughs> question from you. I said, what is in heaven for him? Do you think that he been saved? Do you think that he was following the Lord? Do you think that, that, that he gave his, his life to Jesus Christ and accepted him as his Lord and Savior? I said, well, I hope so. But it came to my mind, the story that I read uh, a few years ago about an old man that had no family. The only, the only relationship that he 
he had was with his dog, a German Shepherd. The man was taken to the emergency room in a pretty bad shape, pretty, pretty, pretty bad shape, and uh, was in the emergency room maybe for two or three days, and the doctor approached him and, and told him, okay, uh, I need to bring you some sad news. You won't be around for too long, maybe 24 hours or so. And the doctor, I mean, the, 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 the old man said, thank you, doctor, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. What is in heaven? And the doctor told him, you know what? I am a non-practicing Christian, and I don't have any answer for you. But listen to this. The doctor told him, the only thing that I know is that people say that there's going to be a door that's going to be open. That's as much as I know. But I don't know what's happening after. And the doctor went through the emergency room place or room, whatever, and when he opened the door, a dog got inside that room and jumped over that man's bed. The dog was following the scent of this guy for three days. And he was licking him and barking and wagging his tail and going down and jumping back to the bed and having the fun of, of his time. And the doctor went back to this guy and said, you know what, I think I know what's going to happen in heaven when you get there. Somebody's going to open the door, and it's going to be fun, happiness, joy, everything good. Don't fear a thing. Sometimes we fear the fear of death. Definitely. But you know what? Although, as I said, uh, it's a disconnection, it's a reality that we're going to face. And we have two ways in facing it. Like people of hope, like people that believe that the word of God is eternal and is true. Or like the Sadducees. It's all for you. And my prayer this morning is that the Lord will give us the joy of the resurrection, knowing that we belong to a Christ that proved the Sadducees wrong when he came out of the tomb. God bless you all.